0: Alright,
1: good deal, man.
0: Fuck
1: yeah, Mike. Thank you,
0: Steve O. So good. All Hell right. yeah. So everyone can see this. Uh, where? YouTube. YouTube. On okay.
2: Mike Tyson's channel, YouTube channel, Hotboxing. Alright. Alright. Thank you guys for
0: not hotboxing on this episode. Absolutely,
2: not. <laughs>
1: Hey, we hit the day in hot boxing, and
0: I get here today is the incredible Steve O. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Man, there's a lot to talk about, and what yeah. a what a treat to be here. I really, it's so good to see you, Mike, man. You've Absolutely, always been brother. so good to me. My Mike Tyson stories are so fucking good. Yeah. You know, yeah. now I'll go back to when my, my book came out. Uh, this was before we did the Charlie Sheen Roast together now. I saw Mike at the Charlie Sheen Roast and I came up to him and I said hey Mike, uh, I you know, I, I put out this book And I told the story about us doing all the cocaine in the bathroom in the book and the lawyer said it was fine You know, but I kind of felt weird about it because I didn't check with you and I'll never forget Mike Mike looks at me and says it happened. You tell it. <laughs> and, and, uh, Hell yeah. and, it was, and it was so great. I was like, I thought, man, how cool I got Mike's blessing. Yeah. And then when we were on stage, I, I had held back the part about where we were in the psych ward together. I don't think that that was in the book. But then because Mike said that that night or uh, when we actually taped the Charlie Sheen roast, um, they didn't, I don't think included it in the show. But I was like, "Yeah, Mike and I were in a psych ward together," and Mike didn't give a fuck about that. I was I was so psyched, and uh, so I was I, happy
1: to see you because I've been there a couple of times. And I haven't seen anybody that I knew. <laughs> oh so I, so I know that after I've been there. I have seen somebody that I knew. So that was yeah. pretty
0: cool. Uh, so I went ahead and I made it part of uh, part part of my act, right? I'm on, on in my in my stand up, and um, at one point, uh, I'm, so I'm doing this. This interview for like GQ dot com. It just seemed like the like like this whatever interview, and I tell the story there, and then all of a sudden, like boom, it's all over the fucking world. You had to have you heard about that a million times. Of it. I didn't think any. Oh, Mike didn't think anything of it. I got like I got a call. We had the same agent, Chris Smith.
1: Oh, he's not, That's my man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he he, he he calls me up and he says, "Hey, Mike, Mike in his camp." uh, are really unhappy about the, about the way this story went all, all over the place. And then later he told me, ah, Mike didn't say shit, I just didn't want you messing with his... Uh. <laughs> You know, oh but it, my God! Yeah, it was. Oh man, how about that Charlie Sheen roast? That was pretty good too, dude. So, so, so we 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 taped. It. Of course, I man. I broke That's my epic. Broke my fucking nose at the Charlie Sheen roast. Dude, You're dude, mad, man. You're <laughs> insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, I love that. I, I'll tell that story too. But William um, Shatner said, "Fuck Steve." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> says, William Shatner says, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. Uh, yeah. it's it's classic and. Uh, I've I, I, so when we taped the Charlie Sheen roast, this this part I think is so fucking funny. Like when they, they, it was like maybe like a week before it actually aired, after we taped it, and and Charlie. Invited everybody that was involved with the roast into his house. This huge fucking mansion. You got to remember this. Charlie's is,
1: house. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is like before shit got real crazy with him. It was after it got crazy at first, but before we're it got super real <laughs>
1: <crazy>. <laughs> Right. He was crazy though still.
0: Oh, yeah. dude. I mean, he had everybody over to his house before we taped the roast and after when it aired. So it was before we taped the roast when I first met him and, and we're at the house. And he like pulled me aside. Just he said. a party. Just, just to hang. It wasn't like a party, party, it's Charlie Sheen now. style. It was more just like everybody meet before we work together. Okay. So we're at the Charlie Sheen's house. You know, the first time I met him there, he pulled me aside. He said, "You know, man, Steve, o you and me, when we go down in flames, we don't fuck around." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, and, oh, and I was shit. I, I, I felt like that was uh, that was so so cool. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. and then when Steve, we're, man, God, <laughs> amazing, and then when we were at his house uh to watch it, right, which was so crazy because he had th- that whole like fucking meltdown debacle with the two and a half men and right. uh and he had like i guess I suppose got fired from the show, and so when the Charlie Sheen roast aired, it aired immediately after the very first episode that featured Ashton Kutcher, oh wow, right, Ashton Kutcher replaced him. And and yeah. so on on the whatever the network the this premiere with the Ashton Kutcher season was uh the the Charlie Sheen roast on Comedy Central aired immediately afterwards, so we watched both of them in Charlie Sheen's living room with Charlie Sheen, and he didn't know what uh, how they killed off his character. He didn't know what the fuck they did after no. he left. So we're sitting there in the living room with fucking <laughs> Charlie Sheen while, while he watches this uh, the death of Charlie the, Sheen, the, and and it was like they they had uh, like his he had died, and they had his urn with the ashes, and then. Like, someone like bumbles it and like throws this fucking thing. There's this, the ashes go everywhere. There's a huge cloud. And as the cloud of ashes like comes down, Ashton Kutcher appears in the background. Like, and and Charlie watches that and he goes, Oh shit, I gotta give it to him. That's good. (laughs) um, He didn't know what to expect. And so then that same night, I, I, I go, I'm like, hey, dude, Charlie, let's get a photo. I take a selfie. Me and Charlie Sheen, and I have to t- I take the selfie. And then I'm like walking around and I'm thinking, and I go over to Jeff Ross and I go, dude, check it out. We're in the world's. I said, I think we're in the world's most expensive crack house. <laughs> and, and so I go over to, so I go over to Charlie Sheen. I, I, go, I go over to Charlie, and I'm like, dude, can I, t- can I tweet this photo with the caption that says, I think I'm in the world's most expensive crack house. And Charlie says, hilarious. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. You know, it's fucking great. I love it. And so, so I did. And then uh, I, I had one of my stand-up shows. Um, like local in, in uh, somewhere in California that weekend, so I'm on the the, the news the next morning, and uh, someone like the, some, the lady like she's like oh can I interview you from my thing or whatever and and she goes is Charlie Sheen sober and I said I don't know I don't think so and because I said that and because I tweeted about the crack house I got a. Uh, a fucking phone call from his uh, his manager. This this dude he lived next door to him. The dude was furious, I'm and sure. I was like, "Fuck! Oh, I didn't shit. mean to like I didn't mean to rock the boat or upset anyone." But but so then I got a hold of Charlie. He said, "I don't fucking care." <laughs> the same situation <laughs> yeah. as with Mike. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: But yeah, man, fuck! I. I, I that that whole Charlie Sheen situation is, is crazy. You still well, talk to him ever? Charlie, yeah, I, have you ever heard from him? I haven't. But now I saw that he posted uh, that he's been sober for over a year now, which is great. That's you know, good. it's great that. But I, I mean, I can only imagine like the like the legal situations that that he's, he's in now. Yeah. You know, I mean, talk about like. <laughs> Talk about having a lot, and then like he was just on top
1: of the world. You right. know what yeah. I mean? He just got on top. Everybody was like, "What the fuck?" Charlie
0: blew up. I yeah. do He he had like, especially with especially even when he left the two and a half men, he turned that into this like unprecedented anger management contract that guaranteed right. like ninety episodes yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. But but in any case, from the Charlie Sheen roast, right? This is the greatest fucking story ever. What's this is the interest? fucking greatest story ever. And, uh, <laughs> like, you'd think, like... Like, man, it's crazy. I broke my nose on Mike Tyson's fist at the Charlie Sheen roast, which, by the way, is in my estimation, the fucking coolest way you could possibly break your nose, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh,
1: and, I don't know, man, I
0: but understand how beautiful it was because the Charlie Sheen roast was 2011. Right. Um, and, and, uh, it, it was, I, I forget, like, like it came longer than that it it was, it was 2011 yeah. now what happened was and this is this is just so fucking incredible the 2010 <laughs> we filmed Jackass 3D yeah. right and and as part of Jackass 3D uh, my buddy Bam Margera He's part of the show He had this trick Because we were playing around with uh, the super slow motion camera For the first time The Phantom camera was brand new So we had this gag where Bam would sneak up behind you And he would throw water Throw a cup of water in your face with one hand And with his other hand He had a boxing glove on yeah. He would sucker punch yeah. you <laughs> So as the, yeah. as the water hit your face He hit the mo- other way. side to slow mo your whole yeah. face that was so And good. uh it was called the rocky and they did it in slow motion this this uh super slow motion face punch set to the rocky theme music it's fucking hilarious yeah it's awesome and now when when bam did it to me it was a, it was a real pisser because i had this idea that i that i i pitched i said hey dudes i want to shoot my nipple off with a bb gun god right god and, like, damn and, Steve. and 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 every everybody said <laughs> no, no, dude. That's too dark. You know, that's but 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 it <laughs> wasn't too it, dark. It was yeah. It wasn't as much that it was too dark. It was just that like there's legal implications uh, when something is imitatable, and particularly if you're going to involve a gun and shooting someone on purpose, let alone in the chest. Huh. That's where the problems were. But they but the even though they knew they would never use Woo, that, <laughs> e- even though they knew they would never use the part where I got shot in the nipple with the BB gun, they they. they, they Said okay, well let let him do it anyway because it's a convenient uh, a convenient way to keep me standing in one place in front of the slow motion camera oh. so the bam can sneak up and do the rocky right so so we set it all up and we got all the guys we man shoots this bb into my nipple and it's still in there. Like to this oh. day, it's been in there ever since, and I've never taken it out. I love it so much, my uh, little BB Steve. nipple. Holy At, shit, dude! Yeah, dude, you're, like, uh, uh,
2: all right, this
0: is for the BB. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's in there, huh? Weird. Okay, so, so now, Wee Man shoots the BB. My nipple's all pointed. I'm standing there checking it out. And I'm thinking, oh, it's so cool that it stayed in. Like, I get, I get to keep it. And and uh, Bam sneaks up, throws the water in my face. He fucking punches me, and and he actually did it. Not in front of the fucking slow motion camera, which sucks. And he completely broke my nose. Like that was my nose. Was that was the first time I remember
1: when Johnny Knoxville, um, what was his name? Butterbean beat the shit out of him. Fuck, how can you do that, Butterbean?
0: (laughs) He cracked his head open. I think it hit his yeah. head harder on the floor too. Yeah. Uh, well, I want
2: to ask you about that. But I can't you be, so, yeah, you so, so this was the
0: first time I broke my nose, and I was really pissed off at Bam, and because he didn't do it on the slow motion camera, and because like, there was this continuity thing with all this blood coming out of my nipple, like the footage <laughs> didn't get used. And the footage didn't fucking get used at all. So it happened for fucking nothing, and I was so oh. and I was so pissed off about it, and uh, I didn't know. Like I just started stewed about it and stewed. About it. I waited two months. It was two months before I finally snapped, and I said, fucking, I'm getting my nose fixed, and the fucking movie's going to pay for it. La, Right? <laughs> and so so I, get, so I tell them, I tell them, the you know, whatever the movie office is, I'm going to this fucking fancy Beverly Hills nose doctor, and you motherfuckers are paying for it, you fucking assholes. And so I go to this doctor with my crooked nose, <laughs> my broken fucking crooked nose, and the doctor tells me, he says, yo, I would love to help you. But it's been two months, idiot. It's fucking healed that way. It's healed that way, right? So this is what the doctor says. He says, I I could fix it, but because it's healed that way, the only way I can fix it is to to re-break it. it," The guy says, with a fucking chisel. (laughs) He says, I got to re-break it with a chisel. And I'm like... Oh well, I'm good. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I'm like fuck that. I'm good, and so uh, so I, I just, just, just lived with I lived with my my crooked ass nose for another like year, maybe a little more than a year, and then comes the Mike Tyson oh. fucking where right, and so I showed up at the Charlie Sheen roast with a crooked ass nose, right, and all I was trying to do you was had to been
1: loaded then, were you loaded? No, was I no, wasn't. You're
0: sober. I was completely shit. sober, and uh, and I showed up at the fucking roast for the. Crooked nose. All I was trying to do was get a a black eye with Mike. With Mike, but when I dove into his fist, and uh, I just like. I don't know. I got my nose on it. I think Mike might have leaned into her. Just Mike's a solid guy. Mike's <laughs> yeah. a solid guy. Yeah. So my nose was so fucking broken. That's it. It was significantly more broken uh, when I did it with Mike. But but what it was, like here I crumple him on the ground. Charlie Shatner, uh, William Shatner, he's like, what the fuck? My nose is gushing blood. I can tell just w- without like looking in a mirror. I can see. Just with what my eyes can see, my nose is nowhere near in the fucking right place, dude. It's, my nose was it was parked under my right eye. I mean it was dramatically fucking broken, and, uh, and that was the last thing that happened on the stage. so it's like, okay, now the show's over, and everybody's getting up and starting to leave. But then like I hear this guy saying, "Stevo!" in the crowd, like when well, everyone's you know milling around, like the show's over, but this guy's just charging towards the stage. he's like, "Stevo, o your nose needs to be set right." now, right? And, and because of my experience with the fucking nose doctor in Beverly Hills, I know that to be true. So I'm like, okay, wait, there's something to this. This guy knows what he's talking about. So I'm like paying to, like, okay. he guy goes, your nose needs to be set right now. And he comes up to the stage and I'm like, alright, talk to me. Like, like, what do I do? And he goes, don't worry, I'm a kung fu instructor. Oh yeah. no! Oh, no. <laughs> he says, he says, don't don't worry. Oh yeah, no. I'm a kung fu instructor. I've set like twenty broken noses. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh my god! And, and but I, you I, kind of believed him, though. I totally believed him. I totally believed
1: them. A kung fu expert, yes, help me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. and, totally, and I totally, and it's like I had to make the decision on the spot right there, and I'm like, all right, well, going to the hospital and getting it taken care of professionally, just. Sounds like a fucking pain in the ass. This is just not. This is way more convenient. I got nothing to lose. It's not like he's gonna make it look any worse because it was yeah. so bad. So I just sat on the edge of the stage and I trusted this weird kung fu guy who turned out to be a really nice guy. But like, he just puts a thumb on either side and he's just kaka just wrenches it and fixes. And the dude, I'll be damned if that fucking guy did not fix my nose completely perfect to where I showed up at that roast that night with a crooked nose. I, I got a Mike Tyson kung fu nose job and I left with my nose perfectly fucking straight and I got it done for free. It's the greatest story ever. And if That's I, genius. And Mike if I didn't break my nose on your Fuck. fist it would still Dang. be crooked. You, you fixed it. Fix you fixed my face. Thank Blake. God. Man. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. I put together this man, whole... I could not believe that that night. I, oh, I, I God, put together this amazing. whole uh, this whole before and after. There was like like when, when uh, it was broken from Bam, and then like how it fixed how it healed crooked, and then when it was broken from uh, from Mike, and then how it fixed after that. It's the great. I'll repost it. Hey, I'll, so I'll, I'll post it again to promote this. And if anybody wants to see these uh, before and after photos, this four photo sequence, it's unbelievable. Yes. Go to my Instagram. Well, Steve,
1: Steve, what happened made you decide to yes, go? street
0: oh my god that was like almost not even my choice i i, I had an intervention like that was johnny knoxville yeah put hope. it all put it all together and uh it wasn't the kind of in, like on, on on tv when you watch an intervention they ask are you willing to accept help you're not know, like will you go to, will you go to treatment right for me they weren't asking. <laughs> yeah, you know, they were telling me. They said uh, we're taking you to the hospital. I got the 5150. It was my first time in the psych ward and yeah. not the time when I was with you. It was I had two psych wards. And so uh, Can you explain what's 5150? Crazy motherfucker. You crazy. 50, 5150 means that uh, there's like that if they can prove that you are uh, a a, a threat to yourself or others, Uh, which means if you say anything to the effect of, I want to kill myself, or if, you know, or if you say even just, I want to harm myself, you know, or if if you're caught cutting yourself or anything like that, or maybe if you threaten someone, if you're, if you pose a threat to, to yourself or others, then under the law in California, it's called 5150. Uh. Um, it's happened to uh, Britney Spears, mm. Heather Locklear. Just had a couple of them. Oh. There's there, there's a lot of celebrities on yeah. the on the 5150 Club. Yeah. Um, in in Florida, I know it's called the Baker Act, but it, what it means is that they can just in, involuntarily, you know, against your will, they lock you up in a psychiatric ward for three days. Oh wow! And they can determine if they want to keep you. Like in my case when Knoxville and the jackass guys brought me to the hospital, like, I was, I was spitting on people. I was, like, trying to fucking throw temper tantrums. Like, that, like right when I realized that I wasn't going to talk my way out of it and that I was, like, getting like that, then I'm like, ah, I want to smoke a cigarette. No. And I'm just going raging. And I remember I grabbed a chair. I tried to throw it. And um, at that point, like, these orderlies appeared, like, out of nowhere, and they just grabbed me and slammed me down on this, uh, like, stretcher deal, and then they they jabbed a needle in my butt cheek, and immediately I took a nap. Wow. (laughs) Whatever they had in that needle uh, was powerful as fuck because... Wow. And it went in my butt, and, like, I've been researching, like, uh, tranquilizer darts, and uh, they told me that it would take 20 to 30 minutes. Dude, they put something in my ass that... Out, Uh, out, and then I woke up in the part of the hospital where the doors don't open, no matter what, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, plus, on top of that, they had, um, there was the, the this was at at Cedars Sinai Hospital in L.A. and they got the like the east and the west wing. Like I think if you're on the east wing, you're sort of standard issue, like run of the mill, harmful to yourself or others. But if you're on the west wing, you're like in the something else category, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the the extra like high security or whatever. And so they had me on the west wing. And because of my behavior, they changed me to 5250, which is uh, not just three days. It's two weeks. Oh, wow. And yes, so I they, had
1: the two week joint.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. You had that two month. Yeah. Then? Yeah, I had I had the two weeks, man. Plus that shit runs expensive too. Yo,
1: man, I spent one point. Listen, I spent one point six million years for rehab, Wow. well and seeing doctors. Wow. I, th- I
0: think my uh, my my treatment, my rehab, I think came to about three hundred grand.
1: And listen, know what? I'm thinking to this day, what what was going on with me back then? I was so fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I would never dare do that now. Before I was just fucking
0: nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. That's right. And. uh <clears throat> Now, so I, I mean, and, and thank God they changed me to the two weeks because if it was if I was only in there for three days, I, I would have, you know, I, I would have gone straight to the drug dealer yeah. if I want to walk out of there because I think it was like day four.
2: What, uh, both you guys, like what what drugs were you using at those times in your lives?
1: Cocaine, um, marijuana, a lot of alcohol, too. A lot of alcohol, man. Yeah. The, of the, the
0: time, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard the story, but uh, in 2005. Um, this is the the first time I met Mike. We we were at some kind of nightclub, and uh, I was just so stoked. Like, Fucking Mike Tyson! Yeah, yeah, no way! Okay, it's so man. rad. And um, and and everyone was going from the nightclub to this house party, and so. Uh, you know i found out where it was and i was like i wasn't invited but i'm just like fucking i'm just gonna show up and i was by myself and uh and i just like whatever i took a taxi to show up at this random house and i'm not invited and i'm like i want to party here you know and so I, I like ring the doorbell or whatever i bang on the door and and the door opens up and it's fucking mike himself who opened <laughs> up the door right and so I'm the
2: movie dude, and, dude and, uh, and mike
0: opens up the door and i'm like no way i don't know anybody here you know no, I don't even know Mike, but uh but um I, I said I said, hey man, is it cool if I come in? And Mike, like it was like he threw a punch, like <laughs> like it was like he threw a punch like past me, you know, like like over my shoulder and and, and like threw it like next to me, past me, and hooked it and then pulled you by the shoulder. Yeah, well no, by the by the like clogged me in the back of my head, not knocking <laughs> me into the house. He's like, get in here, you know. I love and, it. Yeah, there was like this ghost punch, and he hooked it around and pulled me in the house. And uh, we're in the house, like, not even a second. And he says, you got any Coke? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, fuck yeah, I do. I got... I said, said, fuck yeah, I do. Not only do I have Coke, I have... A bunch, and I was oh, not kidding, man. Shit. I had I had like both pockets, right? And like for, for anyone, you know, an eight ball is like a fairly substantial amount of yeah, cocaine, a lot. you know, that's three point <laughs> five grams. In my left pocket, I recall having an eight ball that had not even been touched, and in my right pocket, I had like an eight ball that had been like halfway through. Wow. <laughs> so at the Good end of the party. day, it was it was roughly, I think. I don't think I'm exaggerating a lot. I think I had about five grams of wow. cocaine, all right? and so I'm like, "Yeah, I got a bunch." So Mike and I, we go and uh, we go in this bathroom in the house, right? We just fucking lock ourselves in this bathroom, and we were in there for like th- th- easy Whose three house hours. house
1: was it? Friend of mine. Oh,
0: yeah. It was. It, we were in there for for like fucking three hours, just. Talking, talking, on and on. I'll That's never, awesome. I'll never forget when the like. Oh, and, and here's the, the craziest thing: is that like I, I, I was a cigarette smoker at the time. I had, I smoked Newport's. Mike, Mike asked me for a cigarette in this bathroom, like right when we first go in there. Oh, let me get a cigarette, right? I couldn't believe this. He uh, takes the cigarette in, in his, uh, you know. You know, like a, a Newport cigarette. He rolls it between his fingers. you got to explain this to me, Mike, because I, I still don't understand it. He rolls it in his fingers back and forth so that the tobacco falls out on the bathroom counter, right? Like, And yeah. he keeps he keeps doing it, rolls it back and forth, so he gets done with it. Now, like, the, the, there's the brown filter on the end and the cigarette paper... Is empty. It's just like a a cylinder, like an empty tube of cigarette paper. So then he turns it right side up. Got a whole pile of powder cocaine on the on the bathroom counter and crush crush it all up, real fine powder. And Mike's like scooping it in with like a driver's license or credit card. I don't know. He's just scooping it in and and pouring the powder. Into the tube, the cylinder of of cigarette paper, right? No tobacco mixed in. It's just he's just dumping in just pure cocaine, nothing but cocaine to fill this this cigarette. And I'm looking at him. Fu- I'm so fascinated. I'm looking at. I'm thinking. I'm thinking that just can't work. <laughs> I mean, like just like like <laughs> logistically, like that can't fucking work that way. You know, like the the cocaine. The, the, the cigarette paper has to burn way faster than the cocaine, right? Like you can't just have solid cocaine with like cigarette paper wrapped around it and expect it to smoke. And I'm watching him do this, and I'm just thinking, like, this is the most fascinating, like, fucking drug addict science fair experiment, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and, That's and, what it was. And sure enough, he got it to work. I mean, he, and, and I, did, did you pull the filter out? Yeah, pull the filter. Out. Pull the filter out, and he's just like, like create. It And like he smoked it. Now I was like a little bit weirded out by the idea of smoking coke. So I was just snorting it. Mike finishes his, his cigarette contraption and then like he gets done with it. And he makes another, <laughs> and I'm I'm so fascinated. Right, I just keep giving him. I just I don't care. I just let I just let Mike have it. I'm like, dude, I was I was so I was so fascinated. The, the experience was so incredible, and and like mind you, smoking all this cocaine, we're locked in like a small bathroom. Like it is so dense, the smoke in the air. Like no crack house could possibly be that fucked up of like air quality as far as just being. In a cloud of fucking cocaine smoke and we're having this great conversation and Mike's smoking this, this Coke smoke after Coke smoke and, and like for probably like three hours and then Holy all of it was gone. Yeah. We went through... All of it, uh, all, all of it, and then at Get the, some junkies, man. Uh, and then, and then when we were done with like five fucking grams of cocaine, like three hours later, like and then and now because there's no more cocaine, it's it's time for Steve-O to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, steve right, We'll see you later, man. Thanks for coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but before before I left, Mike said uh, Mike said to me, he goes, he goes, you know, you know, Steve-O, everybody's got you wrong. You're <laughs> You're a, really, <laughs> you're a really smart guy. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, wow. Like just, this ball. whole situation is just like, he wow. It burnt my brain out. It like, burnt I'm like, my wow. brain out. And I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, Mike Tyson just told me that I'm smart. Like, like what, a high, what a high honor. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I think we're both, like, a lot fucking smarter than anybody would ever imagine. I think that's fair to say. I think you're both some oh, wise dudes, But, yeah, it's a talk about it, you know. That's it's a, insane, bro.
2: Yeah. So what, you know, I mean, shit, man. I was in, I think, middle school when Jackass came on. And the courage of you guys was just mind-blowing. No, listen,
1: man, I see those guys like, man, you know, they do this <laughs> Like, man. my
2: generation's evil Knievels. You know, just some skater kids who grabbed a camera and fucking started doing all kinds of wild daredevil shit. What sparked that?
0: I mean, my story is pretty simple, man. Like uh, from birth, I was just an attention whore on steroids. I mean, it's just what it was. And, And I mean, you don't have to be Sigmund Freud to look at like... How I grew up, and you know, my alcoholic mom, my dad who was never home, who was a corporate executive. Like I mean, it was insane my upbringing. Like I was born in England, Mm. and uh, I moved to Brazil. My family moved to Brazil when I was only six months old. Oh wow! Because dad, my father, he became the president of Pepsi Cola. In all of Brazil, in the entire country. Oh, Jesus. And so dad was like a fucking baller ass motherfucker. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so I'm like, just, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a six month old baby. Yeah. And uh, dad's going off, right? Like they're living the life in Rio de Janeiro, you know, like, and, uh, and they got live in maids. Like, neither my mom or my dad didn't fucking pay attention to me. They were partying, they were on right. top of the world. And, and I spoke my very first words in Portuguese because. I was raised by the live-in maids. Wow. These, like, like I don't want to say servants, but yeah, like live-in maids taught me how to speak my first words, and you know, mom was drunk and dad was never there, and so like, like that's probably got something to do with why I became such an attention whore. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kept moving all the time. We never stayed anywhere for more than a couple years. I grew up in five different countries. Wow. And uh, yeah, so whatever. I'm, I'm an attention Fantasy. whore. I was I wasn't ever like a bad kid. I was like I was like a, a good kid, but um, I was definitely going to become an alcoholic drug addict. There's no way around that. And uh, mm. you know, like the like I was I, I was skateboarding. So think about the thing about alcoholism, and and maybe Mike could, could relate to this because I think a lot of uh, a lot of people. You know, it's a consensus uh, among alcoholics is that there's this feeling of, like, discomfort... Like and you're yeah. not you're not comfortable in your own skin. You know you somehow feel like I don't know. Like everybody else has it figured out, but there's just something
1: you have a low um, self-worth to yourself. Yeah,
0: right. There's something defective about me. There's something I just right. don't. I don't fit in. I'm not comfortable in my own skin. I don't know. There's something wrong with me, but I'm uncomfortable and yeah. I, I need something to help help soothe me. You know, like when I was 15, I was a pretty good kid. I got B's and C's, and uh, I was a skateboarder, made videos. I wasn't that fucking good at skateboarding, but Uh I I loved making videos. And, and, And when I graduated high school, which I barely graduated high school.
2: What were those videos then?
0: It was skateboarding.
2: It was skateboarding.
0: Like, like half-ass skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. With like the little
2: ollieing off some stairs. And...
0: Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't bad, but it, was, sure. it wasn't going to be like a career. Um, and, and there was a little bit of funny stuff mixed in. But so I graduated from high school barely, and then I went to the University of Miami. Now, I'm at the University of Miami less than two weeks.
2: Hurricanes?
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Hurricanes. And less than two weeks... After classes started my freshman year, I was already on final disciplinary probation. Good and I went Good to school. I, yeah, uh-huh, in the dorms. And then I got kicked out of the dorms and I failed out of the, my classes and I just dropped out. I just gave up. So now I'm on my way, you know, I'm on my way out of the University of Miami. And this is 1993, mm. you know, that was a long fucking time ago. And people are like, what are you going to do now? I'm like, I just turned 19 years old. And they're like, what are you going to do now? You fucked up. And I'm like, oh, I'll be cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a famous stuntman. I'm going to videotape fucking crazy shit with my, oh. I'm going to videotape crazy shit with my video camera. And I'm going to become a famous stuntman. And everyone's going to think I'm rad. And like everybody I told this to, they just thought, what a shame What a fucking tragedy this guy what a fucking loser. Everyone just felt bad for me and um, I don't know that I believed I would be successful with that But I uh, but I had no other option because I had proven time and time again I've proven that any time I tried to get a job. I got fired. Hmm. I got fired from every fucking job I ever had and I uh, I couldn't, bring, couldn't go to class, I couldn't read a book I couldn't do shit that I didn't want to do The only thing I wanted to do was make dumb videos And uh, I knew I wasn't that good at skateboarding So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be crazy I'm yeah. just going to do the crazy shit And uh, I, I, I kind of thought that I would just fail I didn't think I was going to succeed You know, I felt like, okay, I'm going to I don't have the survival skills, man. I can't keep a job. I can't earn my way. I'm gonna die a failure. But but I'm thinking to myself, before I die a failure, I wanna get a ton of video footage because I'm like, I'll I'll be gone, but that video will still play, so I'll still be alive. It became my religion, man. Like like I wanna live. Like we're all gonna die, but I wanna live forever. You know, this is like I want to live forever. I I never gave a fuck about money. I I wanted like like attention, and I wanted attention for
2: eternity in a big way. Yeah, I
0: want, and I didn't think I would be discovered or successful. I thought I thought I'm gonna be dead, and I'll be like the Van Gogh of dipshits. Like maybe I'll get discovered after I die. How do you feel now? Well, now everything's different. Now, like now, like you know, with, with with. we do. We get older. People don't give as much of a fuck about us anymore. I think they'll, they'll always care about you, but uh, <laughs> but you know, like it's it's it, getting older. Is scary. You got to change your priorities. You know. And now my priorities, uh, like what I want to do. Is, is buy land and, and open up uh, an animal sanctuary. I love you know, it, I want to have that be my legacy.
2: Well, it's fucking awesome, dude. I mean, it's great to have you here, man. Dude,
0: what, what a treat, man!
2: Well, by the way, I mean, you you made this. You had this idea. I'm gonna be the fucking world's most famous
0: Dipshit. superstar <laughs>
2: stunt man. But that was unprecedented at right. the time. There wasn't any YouTube or fucking there there internet no... videos with D- this shit going on.
0: The way that I came up was by spending money that I didn't even have to spend on VHS tapes and recording back and forth between two VCRs to make my my edits and then taking the physical VHS tape, this cassette videotape, and then going to the, the post office with money I couldn't afford to spend to ship these fucking tapes to anybody I thought would watch them who might be able to help me. And it was all people in the skateboard industry. And um, and dude, I I didn't get anywhere. For I didn't get anywhere for for like I don't know I was homeless for three years.
1: Wow! I was
0: homeless for three years, and when I say homeless, I was more of a couch surfer. Uh-huh. I think that's the difference between a homeless person and a couch surfer. Yeah, that's what I would
1: say. I say homeless, but I'm a couch surfer. Yeah, couch I always, sur- I always have somebody house I can Sure,
0: open. I mean that's when you've got uh, people skills and and uh, a little personality. if You're a likable guy, you know. People let you sleep on their sofa until you pee on it, which I always would. <laughs> but because uh, that's the thing, if you drink enough, you. Got i fucking pee in your sleep. Yeah. I've learned that time and time again when I was drinking.
2: It is a hazard of it.
0: Yeah, I know. Nobody likes that either. So uh, three years in, and um, I found out about Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College. Ooh. Yeah, I was living with my sister at the time. She found out about it. We're at Florida. It's in Sarasota, Florida. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this was in uh, 1997. My sister had me living in her house And I'm just a fucking asshole And I'm eating all her food And I'm, everything's a mess And she's like what am I So she, she was working at a newspaper and, and, and when she was taking a shit at work and and on the toilet was this book of trivia like trivia questions so she's taking a shit and, and she gets this question that she she reads it it says what's the only college that has no tuition you can just go for free and it said ringling brothers and barnum and bailey clown college if you can get in then it's free because they want uh equal opportunity for people to run away with the circus you know and and uh, it was a big tax write-off for the for the circus and, um, wow. and it was prestigious. It was statistically harder to get into Clown College than Harvard. Wow. You had to, you had to audition to even get an application. And um, you had to audition for the chance to apply. And um, so my sister you know, gets into this uh, thing. And I was laying in my own vomit at my buddy's house. Right. I, I come in and I'm so hungover and I'm hurting so bad. And I see this. Uh, you know, this this thing with this uh, audition schedule, and, and and it had a line like uh, 97, and I looked where I, we lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and, and I looked down in 97, and uh, Albuquerque was on there, but be, but below it was for 98. I said, oh, don't worry about that, you know, because they, they held the auditions everywhere that the circus went. Mm. And, uh, and so I saw it in 98, and I'm like, oh, that's not until next year. So I'm like, I'm like... You know, uh, like, you know, it's all fucking hungover. And my sister comes up to me. She says, how are you getting to Denver by Monday? (laughs) (laughs) She like, I think she wanted me out. (laughs) And this seemed like, like clown college seemed like a great opportunity for me because I wanted to be this famous stuntman. What did you learn there? Yeah. Uh, the, The only thing you had to learn was still walking. Like, uh, still walking in there. Other than that, there was so many different... We trained 14 hours a day, and you had to learn how to do your makeup. Wow, dude.
2: So it was... I mean, it was serious training.
0: And I didn't give that much of a fuck about being a clown. I just wanted to become this crazy famous stuntman, and I thought, if I could graduate from this prestigious... you know, Ringling Brothers Clown College, where it's so hard to get into, then, like, when I'm trying to become a famous stuntman, I'll have, like, some legitimacy, where it's like, yo, I'm a trained circus professional, you know, like, I'm the fucking, you've heard of the circus, and I'm, like, like legit. And so uh, I went there to try to further my goal of becoming a stuntman, and, uh, and and it, and it worked man That's and, awesome. and at the same time people i was been sending my stunt videos to there was this skateboard magazine and the guy running the magazine became the creator and the, the director of jackass
2: oh wow and
0: so it just kind of fell in my lap like they they started putting me in their magazine and in their videos and then their videos turned into jackass mm. when did they start paying you Oh my god, that's the best question. <laughs> <Half> <laughs> okay.
1: <day. laughs>
0: okay, the, the first season of Jackass, um, I filmed it in five days, um in uh the summer of, of year two thousand and I'd been working in a circus and um or whatever, I got fired, <laughs> but, <laughs> but so in the five days, like the first thing I did I was puked up the goldfish, I took the elephant oh, yeah. poop I, I took like uh like 50-gallon 50 50 gallon, uh, tubs of elephant poo from the elephants in the circus, and I uh, had three of them filled. I filled a kiddie pool. I did the backflip up the ladder and the, the elephant poo diving, the uh, puke up the goldfish. We stapled the jackass letters across my butt cheeks. I did the shark hugs. I got bitten by a shark. Um, I did the bum fishing. I did like, Holy f- shit, dude. Filmed, filmed the whole first season in— uh, Less than a week? In five days, I filmed everything, all my parts for the whole first season in five days, and and my pay rate, Mike, my pay rate was there. There's it wasn't per episode; it was per bit. And if the bit was legitimately like dangerous, like life and limb, you know, you could get really fucked up. Then I got five hundred. For the bit, oh if if the bit was like if the bit was like a little sort of gag, like kind of street prank, and it was easy and it wasn't dangerous, two hundred. Oh. Right. So at so now at the end of the five days, I'm sitting there. And, what kind and, of and, shit is this? I know, yeah, dude. Tell, so me, tell me, tell me, tell me. about the Jersey Shore people are like a million an episode, yeah, or something. Yeah. But um, but so the <laughs> the end of the five days, I'm sitting there. I got my finger all bandaged up because check it out. See it's, uh, I got cool scars from the shark bite. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I'm all beat up and hung over. And, like, I wasn't even that worried about how much money, like, I was owed. What I wanted to do, I was writing down for the, for the, for the director, for everybody on the production, yo, this is what I expect to see on TV, you know? Like, don't, oh, okay. don't, don't forget to include this in the show, mm. you know? And so I wrote down, like, a list of everything. And I, first I wrote down Goldfish. Right? And I'm thinking, I'll go ahead and write the price, what they owe me next to yeah, each yeah. bit. So I'm thinking goldfish, right? Now, if you, if you, admit, you could, when you're, you could choke on the goldfish, right? It could fucking turn around and as it comes up, like it's going the scales the wrong way, it could thrash your fucking, you know, like there's a lot that could go wrong yeah. swallowing yeah. a goldfish, right? But I'm thinking to myself, I want these people to know how fucking badass I am. I want them to know how gnarly I am. I fucking put, I wrote down goldfish and then next to it I wrote two hundred. <laughs> I, I had too much pride. I, I had too much pride to say I considered that dangerous. I had two hundred. To <laughs> talk about an idiot and uh, and at the end of the day after taxes. Uh, I want to say I made less than fifteen hundred bucks for the first season.
1: Oh, man, I feel life threatening. Wow.
0: And then, and then, and then, when the when the shit and when the when the shit came out, the first season came out. Ah, uh, it, it was by the time the third episode aired, which is exactly two weeks into the run. It was officially the highest rated show in the history of MTV. Yeah. This is like, crazy. This is, um, I mean, it's not, it wasn't higher ratings than the VMAs or anything, but for like a half hour standard format of, yeah. of programming, the profit margin and the ratings were unprecedented. Yeah. It, was, it was by far the most profitable, the highest rated shit All that right, they ever so had. Tell me this,
1: Steve. When did you become happy from them paying you? Did that day ever happen?
0: I, I was happier without money. I feel like for some oh, reason, no
1: fucking way. Do you gotta be paid for your services? Oh, I understand
0: that, man. Like, uh, I, I understand that, and yeah you know there are a lot of us too you know there are a lot of us to split it up well, here, you were here, young man and I'll tell you what the next step was so it's the highest rated show in the history of MTV and I get the call to let me know that and and my contract wasn't had no options or anything it was like start from scratch you know new contract so the the producer calls me up and he says hey we're a hit he says so ne- so MTV wants so the first season was 8 episodes he says MTV wants 16 more episodes, so they're so they're ordering seasons two and three in one go. 16 more episodes, and he says, and we know we're going to have to pay you, so we're going to give you two grand per episode. And in my head, on the on the phone call, you I'm thinking, you didn't pay huh? my, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, 16 episodes times two, that's thirty two thousand dollars. I'm fucking rich, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And oh, sir! Sure. Like, and and here, here's like to 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 be completely honest. I think that uh, my attitude about money and and how I started out in my career with business stuff, like it, it's 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 fucked up. But but the truth is, looking at my parents growing up, like, my dad was a baller. My dad went on to become the president of Nabisco. Whoa. Like, he was the president. He was, like, a hotshot CEO. And, from and like, when, when I was in high school, my dad was chauffeur-driven to work. And if, and if I overslept at all, or if I'm running late in the morning and I didn't have time to ride my skateboard to school or ride my bike to school, then— I would have to ride with dad and catch a ride with his chauffeur and that fucking embarrassed me as as a kid growing up as a kid growing up Like my mom's drinking got so out of hand that my sister just couldn't take it She went to boarding school and like and dad became more and more successful and more and more like rich And uh, so so the dynamic for me as a kid growing up was that my family got smaller and the house got bigger Hmm. and I was like I was embarrassed of how fucking obnoxiously big our house was. Yeah. And I was in, I remember going to, uh, when, dad, when dad was like uh, running Del Monte, the, the canned fruit company, yeah. like uh, he took the family to, um, to Kenya uh where they had the the main pineapple factory because he's got to like you know show up and like you know maybe you know just
2: do whatever show up
0: and do whatever yeah. so he he planned it on the like uh, the this week in february when we had spring break um you know again I was in england and and uh so like we had spring break and, and this is when i was like like uh 11 or 12 um Fifth or sixth grade because I went back and forth to England. In any case, we go to Kenya on our spring break. He brings the whole family. And um, remember when we went we into Nairobi? This is how I remember it. Dad says it's different, but I, I know this fucking shit. Like, Dad, The only thing we disagree on is the car. We come into the, out of the airport in Nairobi, which is in Kenya come out of there and there's just just poverty man like people with like no shoes and like tattered clothes and there's flies all over and they're like begging you and they usher us like the family like into this like limousine You know, and like, like open up the, you know, they just get us into this car, and the car's sitting there, and I'm inside the car, and these poor people are like scratching at the windows, you know, they're like, they're like begging, please help us, please help us. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, and and I'm sitting there in this car, looking at this poverty. I'd never seen poverty like that, but I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck have I ever done to deserve? To be in the car instead of scratching at the car, like what? I'm a fuck up. I knew damn well. I I have fucked up everything. I I've never had a good report card. You know, like in high school, I did a little better with, you know, for a while, but I just was a problem, man. It was like always a fucking problem. I was always in trouble. I was a fuck up, and uh, and I just felt I felt ashamed, man. I felt ashamed of like what did I do to be in this car? You know, and I felt ashamed of the house that was so big and I didn't want kids from school to see me get out of a fucking chauffeur driven car. Like I would ride I would ride like shotgun with my dads reading the newspaper in the back seat. I would <laughs> ride shotgun and hug the driver. <laughs> you know, like to pretend that the driver was my dad, you oh know? My God. And I didn't want I didn't want kids to see and and, and a lot of this a lot of this attitude about about that like like uh it, it I just saw that my parents and I feel bad saying it but I'm just saying it because it's the truth both of my parents I I feel like I just saw them like blatantly think that they were better because they had money you know like I saw them like just Think they were they were better, mm. you know. I saw that whenever they had friends over to the house, that it was just like a big pissing match of like, oh, well, my kid's going to this school and it's better than you know. It's just like this is this competition, and I didn't like it. I felt that my parents were like corroded by wealth. I felt like yeah. they, they, you know, it was like, it, on honestly, the feeling in my in my like, growing up was it's like did, were you ra- raised religious? It was like the honest answer is no, I wasn't raised religious like my parents f- f- felt that they had enough money Wh- why would they need religion right. <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. like so so I, I took that kind of mindset to uh, in end in my life yeah you know? and, and and I could have done been a more aggressive businessman but I never gave a fuck about money yeah and now um, also when we were in Kenya we so we show up at this pineapple pineapple factory this is the craziest part Show up to this pineapple factory and, like, it's so hot and fucking sweaty and, and like, all the workers have, like, flies all over them. And I'm, like I, – I, I turned to my dad. And I, said, I said, Dad, how can you let – like, you're the boss, Dad. You're the fucking boss. How can you let people work in, in, in these conditions like this? This is fucked up. You're, you know, however, and dad, dad says – he goes – he says, well – The list of people who have jobs in this pineapple factory is nowhere near as long as the list of people who are waiting for jobs in this pineapple factory. So if anybody doesn't like it here, they can get the hell out and be replaced by someone who will work harder. (laughs) And I remember thinking, fuck, my dad's a dick, (laughs) right? And then fast forward to when we were filming uh, the Jackass TV show, when when we were in the middle of that run. Of the seasons two and three, where I'm getting the two grand per episode, and uh, and and our cameraman, he was always on the show too. Rick, Rick goes up to the director one day and he says, he says, "Yo, I just, I just spent like, like however many hours it was, like twelve, twelve hours in one day." Like busting my ass filming a fucking like uh, a, a national like worldwide like hit TV show. And I made less money than if I shot a fucking a, a half a page photo ad for, for this bullshit skate magazine we used to make. Like how does that make sense? Like I shoot a fucking photo for a piece of shit skateboard magazine and make more than I do making this fucking hit TV show. MTV like how does that was make sense?
2: And their balls off.
0: Yeah, how does that make sense? So Jeff looks at Reiki, goes. Then go shoot a skate ad. <laughs> go shoot a skate ad. Uh, you know, like, you'll be replaced by someone who will fucking work McCarty. harder. And yeah. then I'm, I'm thinking to myself, damn. So it's not that my dad was a dick. It's business. It's that that's how the fucking world works. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So it's, like, the only way to to, like get to get up the only way to come up is to make it so that you can't be replaced by right. someone who work hard you need to make yourself work for yourself you need to be irreplaceable yeah you need to make it you need to like you need to, to have like to have the to control it no one can take your place
2: yeah no doubt man
0: and and no one can take my fucking place and no one can no take doubt. mike's place yeah but like, so what am I going to do now? You know, like it's getting to a point where it's like, I, yeah. like OK, it's like I'm going to get
2: shot in the ass. Do I? Yeah.
0: Like, don't do how it. Much, don't do like, it. Like, like how much how much longer do I do this shit? You know, and it's like I got to think. Like like okay, I either stop or I gotta go big. Like one yeah. one yeah. last so like one last fucking go for it. I got I got one, and and I had this idea. I wasn't well, this. I had a, a list of ideas that that aren't like particularly new ideas. I've had the I've had them forever, but they were so far. There was there's just that list of ideas that was just too fucked up to go for. Yeah, you know. And so I call it my bucket list. <laughs> oh, right. I call it my bucket list and and, and like, yeah, there's nothing on my bucket list that didn't happen for so long for like no reason. There's like a solid fucking reason why this shit should never happen. And now I'm just going for it because I feel like I've got a limited amount of time. I'll give you an example of like something on my list to show you how ridiculous it is. Like anytime anybody ever asked me if I've been skydiving before. I always said, fuck that, dude. Everybody does that. Why am I going to do something everybody does? I do shit nobody does. So I said years ago, probably 15 years ago, I said, if I ever go skydiving my first time, you know you got to have a a dude strapped on your back like a tandem skydive instructor. Well, I'm going to be fucking butt ass naked. And I'm gonna be and I'm gonna be fucking furiously jacking off. Oh man. And, and I will not have blown a load for a long time, man. Like <laughs> like like four days. You know? You're mad and, man. And and then when I'm whacking it, when I'm whacking it and I reach the point of no return right around the first squirt, that's when I leave the plane. So I'm free-falling through the fucking sky, cranking out the biggest load you ever saw, and I call the idea skyjacking. Right, and that's like that. That that. that yeah, and, and dude, I'm um, really
2: losing it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i t- really taking it to the next uh, level, dude.
0: Everything on my list is taken to the next level, and like I'll be honest, I shouldn't say this, but I'm legitimately concerned that that I'm not leaving myself anywhere to go with that shit yeah. after the So, so like, I'm I'm savoring every minute of every day and every minute of every show while I'm while I'm. Dude, I, I haven't even peaked yet, but, like, I'm in it now. Like, nice. it's on. And, and, dude, and this bucket list show, dude, there's, like, all over the venues, you got to be, like, 21 to enter, and there's, like, legal waivers. Like, by, by entering this room, you acknowledge that, like, that you, like, essentially can't sue over, like, I got fucked. I have people, like, in, in almost every city I've gone to on this tour, there's been, like, at least one dude... Pass the fuck out, straight up fainted in the crowd just from the footage. Because my yeah. the, the act, like my, my new the bucket list tour, it's a stand up comedy act where I go through the I go through the whole list, right? I tell the story about every out fucking outrageous Everything bit. You're do. How that you know, <clears throat> and then after each bit, I screen the fucking shit. So you see it, you see it on the screen in the theater, I and mean, you can't see it anywhere but on this tour until I get done making the whole bucket list a series. Jesus, it's so right awesome. now, right now it's a tour, and then later when I'm done with the tour, I'll put the series out. Holy shit! So how much are they gonna pay you for that? Hell
2: yeah, uh, brother, let's I go!
0: I, I, I don't know. You gotta talk about money, man. You have, yeah, yeah. I know, man. The money, money. You come money. to the table. I I, I, I haven't done the deal yet.
2: Well thank you so much. Hey, dude. Very much. Yeah, awesome. Thank some you love man. Too. Give me. Some love
0: hey, too. I I I appreciate it, man. When I when I heard from you guys, I was uh, so thrilled, man. It's and, awesome. and I like to consider myself a, a, a pretty dope podcast guest. Man, I'll tell you that our, our jackass family has always been like like almost like worship Mike Tyson, you know? It was always like such a goal. To, uh, to to film with Mike like on the first movie um the, the the very first movie they had the thing where they put the Valentine like, uh, it was like a Valentine on, in the wall, and it was like, you know, it was, like, it was supposed to be from, like, groupies, like, oh, yeah, we want to yeah, hook yeah. up. And the, and the, the, the words came through. Yeah, the words got smaller and smaller, so your face had to get circled, and then the fist came through. That idea was written for Mike. Oh, it
2: was supposed to be- You were hoping Mike would be there. It was there.
0: supposed to be Mike on the other side of the wall. Oh, no. Yeah, but I don't, I don't uh, know. I don't know. You know what it was, is that, that uh, Mike, was, Mike wasn't in maybe a good place at that time. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, Jackass no. 4D- Bring Mike in. <laughs> right, ah oh, man, like, I know we should wrap it up, but but here, here's uh just for me. Like, we used to play the Black Eye game, and 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 when, when when Mike showed up and we were in the psych ward together, this was my second psych ward, and uh and 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 I'm just telling Mike, I'm like, hey, Mike, uh dude, I got this idea I want to film with you. I just need you to hold your fist out and let me run into it with my face. Yeah. And, and uh, it was just a straight-up bad time to try to pitch Mike on that idea. It's like he wasn't Mike, into it. Mike wasn't in the psych ward because like, he was having a good... <laughs> he
2: was doing well. He,
0: was, he wasn't doing that. And, he, and he, what a sweet guy. Mike says, Mike says, I don't want to hurt you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. And uh, But then when uh, the Charlie Sheen rose, we did make it happen. Let, let me just say, I can speak for everyone in our Jackass family, Knoxville, Tremaine, like, everybody. Like, we have always been, like, such fans. Like, the, 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 I showed you my, my uh, in my yes, house. That I was really I, got, awesome. I got all your fight posters. Um, it's just a real honor, man. It's so good to see you and, uh, to see you doing good and looking healthy, um, it's awesome, man. And uh, to get together and be the able to have. to you,
1: man, because yeah. We were in dark places. Yeah, we and were. I, what happened? That's so when, awesome. What
0: happened? People come from that shit. Now we're here. Now we're talking rational. God, it's beautiful. Damn. I think we were actually pretty rational on coke, but maybe less, less like so. Okay. Wow. <laughs> less yeah. so. And uh, it's so great that that we can get together, and it doesn't even have to be like because I have coke.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's nice, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, my fucking crazy, unique fucked up comedy tour man like you can find the dates on stevo.com. com. awesome uh, all of my instagram like all my social media handles are just at stevo without the hyphen i'm easy to find and whenever this gets posted i'll make sure i post that uh that before and after with bam broken my nose and the heels fucked up and then mike breaks my nose and then it's
2: Perfect. <laughs> Hell yeah. So great.
0: Baby. So yeah, everyone uh follow us on, on social media and, and uh well, let's do it again.
2: Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. Hey,
0: thank you guys. Thanks,
2: Mike. Take care, Steve. Great show, everybody. Till next time. We're out of here.